Lace fans, Ryan Aho here, the one and only Burt Lehman. Uh, if he has his hearing, he was at a rock concert last night, so he might be deaf. I'm not really sure. <laughs> okay, I'm just messing with you, Burt. I was just kind of my I know. So, all right. So, Burt having a hell of a good time, kind of uh, getting out there, rocking it up a little bit. And, of course, Coach Kraus in the house. Uh, Jeff, how you doing, man? I'm not doing all too bad. Just um, going to start doing some uh, repairs to the old 29 machine. Didn't have to uh, made it about three laps on Saturday and spit a drive shaft. And um, so we were scrambling. Got to stand on top of the trailer once and watch a couple features. Well, I got to be honest with you. Two weeks ago, I'm down in Sycamore. My boy, uh, Brian Dulciak down there, Dave's cousin, running a pier stock. He spit a drive shaft. I think he made maybe two corners. He got through one and two, and out she went in the back straightaway. So, so Brian, you're not the only one. It happens to veterans as well. Uh, Jeff Carl's losing a drive shaft. Fresh off a win last week. How come you can't just, like, do nice things, right? Win and then win again and then win again. Why does it got to be win DNF? What's this all about? Uh, it's called racing. And if you race long enough, things like that happen. You get uh, – you get the highest of highs and the lowest lows. The flip side is we're all ready to go, and I was actually – car was really good. I was really pumped to start 14th. Um, we got her back going, and, uh, um, of course, the tranny was locked up. Uh, bell housing bent a little bit, and the coupler was pinned up against the the, the output shaft, so it was stuck in gear. So I was all – it's been a while since I started away in the back, so I was hoping to get out there and start 14th. All the drivers in the back were pretty pumped that you were not because I remember seeing the old 29 star come from the back. You know, kind of, you it was kind of the theory hey, we don't, we're not here to make friends. We brought our own. Is that kind of how that works? Yeah, definitely. And probably, uh, probably save my pick. I blare some body work this week, too. <laughs> yeah, I think we have something in common there. So, Bert, uh, so, so Kraus, a rough week in there. You can get more into Viking in a little bit if you want. Uh, tell us kind of what happened over there. Bert, uh, did you go to Shano this week? Anywhere yes. else? No, I just went uh, to Shano this week. A little bit of drama. A little bit well, of drama. I, I looked on Facebook, and I see uh, Todd Frank posting, can't they ever get things right over here? And then I had Roger saying, ask Bert what the hell's in the water over there. Like, it's just going crazy. Point leader, right? Todd Frank going into the night. Gunner Frank second in points. Both of them having a really good year. At the half mile, Bert, what happened? Um, well, from what um, I've heard, what the track said was that uh, Todd Frank, uh, well, they said he failed the droop, droop rule, but I think it was more deck height. I don't think they actually do the droop where they have the little pan thing that they put under the tire. I think it was mostly just measuring the deck height, uh, but supposedly he failed it five times prior to the feature and um the track said that um um he gr grabbed or pushed in a, the tech inspector um so uh he didn't uh race in the feature and he's uh the track said he's suspended for three weeks how but, many more weeks are left at Shawnee? well there's three weeks left but he can race in the dirt Kings race, which is in two weeks. So if he races in that dirt Kings race, then I would assume that he would have one week left on his suspension. So that would roll over to next year. So 
is it a is it calendar weeks or scheduled events? Because I've oh, seen well, it both ways. You okay. know what I mean? So if it if it's calendar weeks, obviously he can come back probably next year, maybe I guess next year. But man, oh man, I talked to Todd, and uh, he's never won a track championship before, right? He said never really raced for one, kind of bounced around. He goes, put myself in position to finally win one. He felt he got slighted. You know, they they called it the droop rule. I wasn't there, so I don't know the particulars. But I did ask other drivers that race at Shino, uh, do they have a droop rule? And they're like, no, they don't have a droop rule at Shino. So maybe the verbiage was wrong. I don't know. Like I said, I I think it's more. it was more of a deck height issue because I was at the driver's meeting prior to the races. And uh, the drivers were introduced to uh, the new tech inspector for the late model division um, because the old tech inspector is no longer there. He's the one who was just waving the cars through um, on the scale. If you've seen the video, he was just waving the cars through without actually looking at the weight. Um, He is no longer the tech inspector for the late models. Um, But I don't know how much was actually teched when he was the tech inspector. Um, And now, you know, all of a sudden there's a new tech inspector and, you know, there, you know, there's an infraction and, um, you know, like I said, I wasn't there, so I didn't see if he actually touched the the tech inspector or or any of that. So I can't say yes or no, whether he did that or not. Um, You know, it is unfortunate because, um, you know, Todd and Gunner put themselves in position to win the to compete for the track championship because uh, they did not go race in the Dirt Kings race at 141 Speedway earlier this year. They went and raced at Shano Speedway, um, you know, when 141 scheduled against uh, Shano. So, you know, I'm sure they were doing that eyeing the track championship. So, you know, I, you know, it, it, you know, I imagine it really sucks for Todd Frank. Um, but, you know, if, if he did lay his hands on a tech inspector, you can't do that. Well, I, I did talk to him, and he said that he was awfully pissed off, and there was a lot of screaming, a lot of hollering, and he said that he did grab him by the shoulder and turn him around so he could talk to him. So okay. I wasn't there. I was obviously there was some kind of contact, but well, to be honest with you, I Bert, I I may have lost the track championship the same way. Kind of uh, let the temper get the best of me. That was in Hibbing one year. I threw the lineup board at the track president. I. Didn't really like the the whole point average lineup system very good, and I gave away like a thirty five point lead, and so I so I get it. But you know, on, on the on the flip side, and then I'll get back to Shano. I talked to a tech guy, and uh, when and they did a pre tech deal, right, measuring deck height. And it was it was soda late model, and it was soda late model special. This guy was an inch high, Bert. He went out. He wins the race. Wins the race, right? And uh, I'm not going to say who it is, but. It wasn't Jimmy Mars, and he won the Mater. Okay, so but I'm not going to say who it was, right? <laughs> and literally, he told him. He said, "Well, here's the deal. What if I what if I bang the wall at the end and tear the deck off? Yeah, that'll work." White flag lap coming for the checker. He tails that right rear against the fence, caves in the deck tin and stuff. They couldn't measure it. Car's legal, good to go. So, I guess he could have did that, but they wouldn't even let him out there. So, really unfortunate well, deal and. Temper got the best of them, it sounds like. 
Well, two more things. You know, I mean, rules were specifically talked about during the drivers' meeting prior to the races last week. Because um, see, in the past with the old tech inspector, um, after the feature, you know, he would just the the winning driver went to victory lane, and the rest of the cars just went to the pits. You know. There's no pulling into a tech area where you tech anything. And so the, actually last week, the drivers agreed that the top five cars should pull into a tech area after the feature, you know, just, uh, you know, be teched or, you know, in case anything needs to be teched. So, you know, rules were discussed earlier in the night. So, you know, it's just, you know, you would think that, you know, you should have your deck at the right height, but, I mean, for whatever reason, it whatever that happened, and then um, now I forgot what I was going to say for my second. What, oh, what you, oh, my, you were going to say Bert Lehman giving Todd Frank a donkey <laughs> award? That's what you're going to say. All right. My 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 <laughs> second point is um, the statement from the track was that Todd Frank verbally abused the tech ref tech rep as well as touched him physically so yeah i did i did see that press release as well so unfortunate deal and springborn ended up winning didn't he yes yeah he uh he passed andy carl probably about halfway through the race and 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 pulled away after that but it was uh him and andy carl had a good battle you know for several laps you know Tr springborn tried for several laps to get by him and then he finally did but uh, Andy Kyle finished second, so, I mean, he's a rookie this year, so, you know, a good run for him. Uh, he had posted on Facebook that he was uh, very excited to finish second. <laughs> for sure. And, and Avalink, did he go to Plymouth? Yes. Uh, Nick Avalink went to Plymouth because Plymouth had their final, because they're only having late models at this summer at Plymouth six times this year. So this was their sixth uh race this year dirt kings will be there in a couple of weeks but uh um as far as regular saturday night shows uh this was their last late model show and it paid uh two thousand to win and 200 to start so nick went there he started third i believe and he won the feature so and then interestingly he decided not to go to the dirt kings race at angel park speedway um sunday night and it rained out anyway right so they well, it rained out, but they got the heat in. So I don't know if they're going to split points because Nick had a 12 point lead going into that race. And so if they, if they split points, um, you know, I would assume that Nick would fall out of the top spot. You're going to have to check into that. I, yeah, I'll, typically, I'll have to yeah, typically they wouldn't split. I guess I haven't heard of track splitting points. I've heard of them splitting pay on a rainout, um, mm. but maybe they got show points. Maybe they got heat. I don't know how that all works. So if you can check on that, um, I'm going to jump over. I, I went racing in Illinois before I get into that quick shout out to our friends at Zuli's race engines. Guys, I looked on the Facebook page this week and things are ramping up, right? I mean, it's one right after the other. A DJ Keeler. I didn't even know he had a Zuli race engines. He came up to Hibbing. I think it was his first win at the Hibbing Raceway in a Super. So getting it done up there, but tons of wins. And this is a time of year where championships are won. So if you can't beat them, join them. That's Zuli's race engines. So I went over to Sycamore again, Bert, helping the, the one to go show 83 team. 
Brian Dalsiak in the Pierstock first career heat win in the 83. Um, so a hell of a good run. Kind of bobbled with two to go. He kind of did the happy dance. I'm like, oh, he's getting the jitters there. Kind of like Buck Beaver. Kraus, you ever get that when, when you were first starting? You kind of chasing down that first win. You see him giving that two to go, and you're like, oh, shit. I hear everything going on. What was that feeling like when you were uh, chasing down one of your first ever wins? Yeah, for sure. It's uh, especially my first one was at Viking. Obviously, it's my rookie year, but my third or fourth night in the car, and I knew I had heat behind me, and the track was a little slick. And I was thinking the tires coming for the white. Um, I know I did that for a fact. And you get it's big, you get big time. It's I don't care what you are, and you, you still. I mean, if you should still get it today, to be honest with you. I know sometimes you get used to winning a lot, but anytime you see that white. Um, I think it's it's one of those deals. I think it jinxes a lot of people. You see that white flag in the instance. I think it's just human reaction. I think you just get nervous instantly. So yeah, you definitely um, you should get nervous coming once you take the white coming for the checkered. Yeah, for sure. Then in the future, he started outside pole. I'm like, oh man, he's pretty good, right? And then you kind of get that little confidence going. And you know them racetracks, Kraus, where it's one corner is different than the other. Like you can attack one end and you got to park it in the other. He got an unbelievably great start, right? I mean, like, really good side-by-side -side getting in a one, and he buried it in there, and he comes down the back straightaway. I'm like, oh, man, he's looking good. And he buries it in the three, and you can't bury it in the three. And he's facing the wrong way and stacked the field up, and he got lucky. He's had horrible luck with breaking. Didn't break nothing, original restart. But uh, he ended up getting a fifth place out of it, which is a top five. Congrats. And then Dave Dulciak, the 83, um, the 83 one-to-go show, I guess, street stock, his fifth win of the year. I believe that's the most career feature wins he's had in a single season. So congrats to him, another dominating performance straight away. So kind of a fun night over at Sycamore. So, guys, let's jump into a got a little drama again here, Bert. Not sure we quite filled you in on this, so buckle up, right? I, it, it's more there's, – there's going to be a special report, okay, later this week. Okay, coming from Billiam, but we got hot laps, hot takes brought to you by our friend Brad Parson, Brad Parson Soil and Egg Solutions. So I don't know anything about farming. Oh, I like to eat. I like food, right? So farming is important or it's important to me. So if you're in Western Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, get a hold of Brad. They got a lot of great products that are going to help your yields, help your profitability. In fact, they have, he said to mention, they have foliar fertilizers, nutrient stabilizer, surfactant. Last year in South Dakota, 12 to 17 bushel increases using their foliar at tasseling. So get a hold of Brad. Get the information you need, the proofs in the pudding. Help. Let him help you be more profitable in farming. 320-219-3542. So, Bert, here's what happened. So there's a kid out in Jamestown, North Dakota. Good runner, second generation. His dad races too. Both of them win races in uh, Wissota's top class, the street stock division. Jaden Christ, right? Parked in Victory Lane. He was up, made a trip up to Mandan to the Dakota, what is it, Dakota Speedway, I think is what it is up there, um, up in Mandan, North Dakota. A couple weeks back, I believe it was towards the end of July, they actually took tire samples from the top five drivers. And uh, sounds like they sent them tire samples into Blue Ridge Labs. Got his information back illegal. Um, it said that the tire sample did not meet the benchmark. Okay. 
<clears throat> well, that right there is a $1,000 fine and a one-year suspension from Wasota. One year. That, I, I got to be honest, I mean, I get it. A rule's a rule, whatever, okay? We'll get into that in a second. But you can literally run a 406 with a blower on a super stock like Krause has in the 29 star <laughs> and get caught, and you get you get a 30-day suspension, a $1,000 fine, or if you're one of them rich guys, right, you can just pay double, right, and race the next night. But if you're tired of not meet the benchmark on these overpriced crappy Hoosiers that we have, that is a one-year suspension that he got. First of all, guys, is is that excessive? I mean, does that is that good for anybody at all when you're eliminating race cars for an entire year? That don't happen in any other series. There's no such thing as a one, especially on a first defense. Now, if it was a second or third or whatever, I, I get it, right? If it's if he's a repeat offender, but a first time offense, is that is that excessive? What's your thoughts? Uh, I agree that it's excessive. Um, I mean, I think what was it? World of Outlaws. Theirs is like a sixty day suspension. Um, um, you know, I under if it's a rule, yeah, there needs to be punishment. But I do agree, one year is excessive. Krause, you can see it from both sides, right? I mean, you race, but you're also a track promoter. I mean. Do you want to eliminate race cars from coming to your racetrack for a whole year? And that's not just one, because if he ain't coming, dad ain't coming. That's two. I mean, is that good for racing to be penalizing them that harshly? No, absolutely not. And one one year is obviously way too excessive. Um, I I don't know. You, like you said, you just you just eliminated a driver, um, especially this day and age. Uh, there's there's cars there's Tracks getting four, three cars, four cars, five cars in a class. Um, and then now you're going to suspend somebody for one year. That That's way too excessive. Um, you know, it, it's a tough, it's tough sled these days. You know what I mean? Are you seeing these, these thousand dollar deals? Is there something that needs to be done with the tire stuff? Yes. But what, you know, what's the, what's the real answer? What's the true answer? That's something that needs to be, uh, that needs to be looked at. That's for sure. Wasota needs to do something about that and look at it and say, "Hey, this is wrong. This is 100% wrong." Uh, and then the flip side, you know, I it, if uh, I if I'm if I'm a track, do stuff in house. Uh, keep it between Mandan or uh, Dakota Speedway, or keep it between Viking Speedway. Keep it between I-94 Speedway and the driver. You don't have to get Wasota involved. You don't. Um, if you want to text somebody, you can do whatever you want to them. If you want to find them or uh, you want to start a fight in the pits at Casino Speedway like I did? You want to get fined $250 like I did? Hey, let's get $250 and let's get on down the road. And, Jeff, we're going to welcome you back next week or put them on probo probation or do something. You know, something needs to be done. We, we can't be kicking cars out for one year. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and you know, I talked to uh, I talked to the driver and I talked to his dad and and, and – they, they said, you know, they're budget racers. I know they run old cars. They don't run new equipment. Their cars are old. And, and I'm not there. I didn't see it. So I'm just going off of what they said. But they're like, we don't even buy new tires, right? We, we get our tires from another guy, runs a modified. And it's one of those deals. This is where it kind of sucks, right? Because, you know, if, if the tire was, in fact, illegal and it came back that way, I mean, maybe they did something. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they washed it with the wrong thing. I have no idea. Maybe they ran over something. You know, I, who knows? 
maybe the person they bought the tire from, right, was doping the tires, and next thing you know, they got they're the ones that got caught. That's a tough deal, right? I feel for them. That almost happened to me, not the tires, but back in uh, my rookie year in the modified division. And uh, I got this is where Billy actually kind of saved my ass. I got to be honest, I give this guy a lot of shit, and he saved my ass. So I was at, I was, I got fourth in the Wasota national title uh, race for modifieds. I was at the Northern National, Superior, Wisconsin, and uh, a, a gentleman there said, hey, you want to run my super? You know, his driver was going to be out or whatever. Can you run my car? I said, sure, I'll run it. Why not? And I went out in the heat race. Guys, I won by a straightaway. And I, I had some pretty fast super stocks, but I'm like, that thing's fast. Like, I'm like, I don't know. Billy came up to me. He's like, is that thing legal? I'm like, no idea. He goes, if you ain't sure, I probably wouldn't finish in the top five tonight. I'm like, thank you, and noted, right? I'm like, okay, good enough. And I backpedaled to, like, 10th. I'm like, I don't know what the hell's wrong with this thing, right? Guys, three weeks later, another driver drove that same car. 30-day suspension, $1,000 fine at the Red Clay Classic. Lost all those points and everything. That could have been me. So sometimes you run somebody else's equipment, you borrow their car, you borrow their engine, you buy tires from them. You don't know what you're getting right? You have no idea what you're getting. So I get it. That sucks. If that's what happened, that really sucks. And it really sucks to get a year suspension, but here's where it gets worse. Okay. So if you're disqualified, if you're, if you got fined a thousand bucks, lost your points, and they're going to DQ you for a year. If you're like, Hey, I just want the report, right? I want, I want the lab test results back, send them to me in my email so I can look at it. Right. Wasota will not give him the test results. Well, where have we heard this before? Johnny Whitman Whitman with IMCA, they would not give the test results to Johnny Whitman, and he lost a $10,000 to win race because of that. I would literally burn somebody's house down for sure. I'd be in jail if that was the case. Guaranteed without question. So let's back this up. It just a month ago was soda DQ and a driver for an unwritten rule. Then they DQ a driver and overturn it because they couldn't find the rule in the rule book. And it was in the rule book, but they overturned it. Then you got was soda head and head tech inspector, literally making up rules, right? And telling people they can't run this because I don't like it, even though it's not a rule. And now you have people say, well, we're not going to show you the results. That would be like going, all right, your engine's illegal. 29 star, you're done. Your engine's illegal. You'd be like, okay, well, what's illegal about it? Well, never you mind. It's illegal. Just too bad. You're out. Carlos, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, you, um, well, first off, there <laughs> procedures. There, there needs to be a procedure with Wasoda. Just set procedure. It's pretty simple. You know what I mean? Um, I've been tore down multiple times, Ryan. You've been tore down multiple times um, and having procedures. I actually had my heads confiscated out in Aberdeen, and I knew exactly what was going on. Um, it was back when we ran the 492s, um, and you had to ground a new valve seat in there because you had to one. You couldn't run 202s. We had to run 194s. Um, and the dean it was actually Dean Shonham, and he thought that the bevel was too much. And no, it was actually the valve seat. So they actually told me, gave my heads back, good to go. If they went to told me and they went to confiscate my heads with and not told me, I'd still be sitting in Aberdeen right now, probably in jail. Um, but if you're going to tire test, 
I mean, I've seen the lab reports. We've done tire tests at Viking Speedway. Um, is it Black Ridge or Blue Ridge or whatever that was that that place is Blue called? Ridge they, labs. Yep. Blue Ridge Labs. They send you a report, a professional written letter. Um, yeah, hey, here's your tire test, the tire, the tire sample number. It meets the benchmark. Even and we've seen them online too. That if they don't meet the benchmark, it tells you. Uh, whatever product or whatever was in the tire. So he 100%, you have to show the driver that. A, proved him that he's illegal. And B, now you can help the driver out so he knows what he was doing. Now, right now, he said, James got no idea what he was doing to the tire. So he's sitting there going, well, what, am I, what do I do? So yeah, it, it's a bad deal. It, it, and it's, Ryan, it's common sense. Bert, it, it's common sense, people. Yeah. It's simple common sense. That's all it is. Well, what it makes a person feel like is it makes people feel like Wasoda's hiding something, right? And this is the conversation we have. If if he was legit illegal and it didn't meet the benchmark, so be it. It is what it is. I mean, can't control that. But if that's the case, show them the report. What, what, what are they hiding, right? Why would they not? Where's the logic even in not showing them the report? Because I'm telling you right now, they could be – using simple green or something like that to clean their tires or i mean who knows what got on that tire and and they have the right to know plus with soda can use that as a teaching moment right with soda could be like here's the report here's what was found here's what we feel the product was and why it's illegal so this is how we're checking it and then everybody knows what's going on i mean it's just it makes no sense but um feel bad for them and again with soda i mean but, do they need any more black eyes? I, I don't think so. And it's just, this is just another one right here. and It just drives me nuts. Well, and as I stated before, you know, I mean, you know, this is a Wasoda thing, but you know, the Johnny Whitman thing, that was an IMCA show. So right. it's not just Wasoda that's not showing IMCA isn't either. It's like, why are these racing organizations not showing the test results to the drivers? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and yeah, that that way you have people going, wow, see, IMC, you know, IMCA did the same crap. So, so you're exactly right. Thanks for sharing that, by the way, because it's not just with soda. So let's jump in to the top five moments of the week, guys. Brought to you by Daytona One Performance Lubricants. And let's face it, there's some people that just don't give a shit. They're not paying $150 a tire. They're not paying $200, right? Now, they have cleaning products that you can use. You can clean your tires with this, right? That That's good. They have some treatment out there. If you're a guy that says, heck, I'm not in the points, I don't care. I'm not paying that much money. I want to make my tires last longer. I want to be able to compete. There's a lot of people out there using using it, and they're having good results. Get a hold of Chad, 507-828-3536. He can get you some information on this. So the top five moments of the week. <clears throat> Let's start street stock action, or on street stock. I keep thinking street stock when I see this name. Modified action. Krauss, did you watch the, the modified feature from Ogilvy on Saturday night? I, I did not. I was going to go back and rewatch that. Obviously, we were busy at the racetrack and uh, saw the results. I pulled up the results right away. I looked at that, and then I saw Parker's Parker's post on Facebook, too. So cool to see Parker uh, get that win and started, what was it, 12th? Deep 12th. at a pretty good mod field at Ogilvy all the time. Yeah, we talked about him, what, Bert, two years ago. I mean, won the national title. Heck, he won 35 or whatever feature wins. I think he had a couple in the mod last year in his rookie year. This is his first win of the year, and to get it at the big old from 12th, that's super impressive. Tip of the cap, hell of a job, Parker Anderson. But uh, track had some character. 
if you go back and watch that on Dirt Race Central, she was cowboy up. You hear some drivers talking about, you know, different tracks and all that place sucks and that place is rough. I like the track with a little character. She was a little sporty, guys, on Saturday. I know Belfi, uh, he, he hit the hole just wrong in the last couple laps there. Parker Anderson capitalized. But uh, winning from 12th is tough, you know, so that's a, that's a great run. Number four, late model action. Tyler Peterson is searching, hunting for another national championship. He's got his work cut out in the mod, guys. He does. Shane Sabraski's been just unbelievable this year. But two more wins this weekend. Um, <clears throat> he won from pretty deep, didn't he, Cross at Fergus? Um, I believe he did. Um, I know he was battling his way through up there. I was watching the race, and I think um, I believe Mr. Moss had the lead, took the lead, and then um, TPO got him, and then he checked out after that. But he had a hard time that. Talk about character, Fergus. Um, they had a lot of rain. It was put a lot of effort to get that track on. Um, so he had to battle his way through there, started pretty deep. And um, once he got out front, he pretty much checked out. That's 13 wins, guys. They take your top 20 shows and we'll the late models. The next closest is last year's national champ, Chad Becker. He's got nine. And uh, let's face it, the season is really winding down, especially in South Dakota. Tyler Peterson is well on his way to, to winning it as a rookie. That would be a hell of an accomplishment. I'll um, keep it up one TPO. Back to Wasoda's top class. We'll talk a little bit more about Wasoda. That's the Wasoda Street Stocks, by the way. Bert, in case you were wondering. I know you're a late model guy, but, you know, it goes Street Stocks, late models, Super Stocks, modifies. It's just kind of how it works, all right? The Wolverine, Justin Vogel, heating up. I'm telling you what, guys, um, I kind of was thinking here about a week ago that he's in trouble between Brower, Tucker, Peterson, kind of gapping him on the win count. Well, Tyler or uh, Justin Vogel, three for three on the week. Did you watch that race at Monty Cross? I did. I went back and uh, went back and watched it. And um, my first my first thing was I had to make sure Justin did everything right. Um, he didn't jump the original start. He was actually laying back. I think the old school Justin Vogel would have been four wide there coming to the start. Um, and I know if the 29th Streeter would have been in front of him, he would have been beating my bumper off. Um, but uh, he laid back there and started. And there was a little bit of a tangle in that first corner. Um, Brower and someone got a little bit tangle up up there. Um, but he still ended up, I think, restarting 14th after that and picked his way through, did a very good job getting through and, um, had to pass Mike Jans for the win. Mike Jans is very good at Monty and very good at Madison too. So um, then, you had, like I said, you had to pass Jans and you start 17th. Uh, I don't care where you're at. And especially at that track, uh, Monty can be really tough to pass. It can get narrow at times. And he did a really good job. I was really impressed. That was a very, very good win for the, Vo uh, for Vogel. Absolutely. Now, now I want to give you a couple things here. So 17th to first, he passed Colton Brower. Then he won. He also won at KRA, and he started ahead of him, but he beat Braden Brower, one from six. Then he came over to your house there, Viking Speedway, seventh to first, and passed old Braden Brower again. So all this talk about Braden Brower, Tucker Peterson winning the Natty, Vogel's a little motivated, and uh, you know, kind of a little thoughts out to Justin too. He's a good dude, and he uh, his dog. He lost his dog here this weekend, and if. You guys know as well as anybody, dogs are like family, right? I mean, it's like having a kid. 
So he was a little bit uh, emotional about that. Yeah, I know he brought his dog to the track. So kind of a, a great weekend for him on the racing side to kind of help overcome some of that uh, sorrow that he had for losing his best buddy there. So Justin Vogel, he's not out yet. Keep an eye on that 10. So, Kraus, I'm going to turn it over to you for number two. Oh, we're heading on the Knoxville Nationals. Um, actually, um, watched, I watched pretty much – everything on Wednesday, pretty much everything on Thursday, pretty much everything on Friday. And then they start so late on Saturday, we had it going in the trailer. And um, I know they start with the E-Main and they, they whittle it down. And uh, me and my co-host, Dan, were watching the uh, uh, watching the B-Main. Um, then we got into the A-Main. And um, of course, I had picked shots. Dan had picked shots. And I, I said before the race starts, boy, you got the best driver in the world starting on the front row. Kyle Larson's going to be super, super tough to beat. So um, I thought Wednesday night was phenomenal. The racing on Wednesday with the night shots um, came in and won it on Wednesday. Um, I thought Group B was actually a little bit more loaded than than the first group. Um, and um, But it was very good racing on Thursday. And the knockout, I like watching the Friday because uh, you had gravel and you had a couple guys in there that had to battle their way uh, to get into the A. Um, and then obviously Saturday, seeing guys come through the main and uh, stuff like that. So just an awesome, it's a great format. I love the format. 100, well, there ended up being 104 uh, cars, I think, ended up racing, maybe 105. Um, the place was packed. Um, they turn it into, it's a carnival-like atmosphere, as they say on Slapshot, the movie. Um, vendors, food vendors, people everywhere camping. The place is packed, so... Um, great. I've been there once for the late model deal. I've never been there for a uh, sprint car show, but um, overall, great racing. They do phenomenal work with the track. It's just a it's great event. And uh, if you're not a sprint car fan, I don't care. You need to start watching sprint cars because the world outlaw sprint cars, they put on a quality show every single time they touch the track. Absolutely. And that place, I mean, that's the sprint car capital of the world. It just is what it is. And I went to a late model event there as well. And I'm like, that's a big crowd. And they're like, there's nobody in the back straightaway. The back straightaway grandstands are closed for the late models. That place is packed all the way around for the sprint cars. And the culture, it's kind of like Fairbury. I should say Fairbury is kind of like Knoxville because it's Knoxville. But, I mean, the whole town just embraces sprint car racing. Um, of course, Kyle Larson, $185,000 richer. The run of the night, though, David Gravel, 20, what, 22nd to 2nd? That was impressive. I know Rico was up in the top three and got a flat, and Shuhart was in the top three and blew a motor, but a hell of a run there. Lots of rollovers all weekend long. There was some pretty violent crashes over there. Um, I never did see what the exact count was, but they tore up some equipment at uh, at Knoxville as well, but hell of a good show um, for Kyle Larson. And at number one, Bert, let's turn this over to you. The late model race in action here this week. Yeah, the North-South 100 uh, down in Florence. And uh, once again, Bobby Pierce uh, in victory lane. Uh, it's just uh, he is definitely on a run right now. Uh, it, it's an amazing run that he's on. And what's really amazing to me is it that, um, you know, he's doing it right in the cushion <laughs> at these tracks. You know, you know, and I was thinking about it as I was watching the last – laps of the race on saturday night you know he's in a longhorn this year and you know you think of overton and davenport you know they just drive like right through the middle davenport goes to the top somewhat but um 
you know, so you th- kind of think of the Longhorns just running, you know, more in the middle of the track, but Pierce just, he throws it up there and he's able to make it work. He was, in, in some instances, it was, he was kind of had the Ross Chastain, uh, 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 Martinsville going on where he'd hit the wall, bounce off and just keep going. God, he would get some runs. I mean, he did some <laughs> runs off the corners. Like, oh my goodness. Now, I'm going to ask you guys, what's your thoughts on the format? So, the format is qualifying heats features on Thursday and then again on Friday. So, they did qualifying heats and then split features. And then they took the overall points and then they lined up the heats, but they inverted four. So, it's like they got all this. I mean, it's invert after invert after invert after invert. It's like crazy. So Bobby Pierce was number one overall points guy, had to start fourth in his heat, had a rough heat, right? Because it was not real racing that heat, ended up getting third, had to start 13th. RTJ was right up there in the points. The invert bit him, had some tough luck in the heat. He ended up starting 23rd in the feature. What was your thoughts on on the invert deal from the two nights, the way they did it for, for Saturday? Um, I mean, I didn't necessarily have a problem with it. I mean, fans like the invert from the standpoint, you know, they, they want to watch the drivers, you know, um, work their way to the front. Obviously the drivers prefer to, you know, no invert or the least amount of invert as possible. Um, you know, because they want to start up front. So, um, you know, I, I think it's just trying to find a happy medium to make both groups happy. And they only inverted four, right? So it's not like they invert the whole field. I mean, you're going back to the second row, right? So, I mean, it's not a huge deal. But how about RTJ, right? 23rd to the lead. He actually got the lead, and he got the lead. So, so Kraus, I know you watched this. You raced. Um, I want your thoughts on this whole Bobby, Bobby Pierce ridiculous restart deal where he's leading, and he literally turns to the right, and he drives up the track and kind of tries to get that big sweeping run. That almost cost him a $75,000 payday. Because when he did that, the next two cars in line just shot the gap. And he he was just about third on that restart. RTJ takes the lead. He slid him getting into one. Um, your thoughts on that? And then your thoughts on uh, on that race between him and RTJ for the win? Yeah, he um, well, he said it right away in victory lane. Um, he thought he could get a better run coming off of four, but, and I, I get where he was coming from, but Bobby, listen, you're the leader <laughs> of the race. Okay. Start on the high side and chop and block the, block the top guy from getting a run. And then you cut down to the tires. Now you have to make this, the guy on the inside lift. Now all of a sudden you get a clean start. And he did that the second time. Boy, he had three, four cars going into turn one. So he, uh, but you know, like I said, $75,000 on the line. You, you lose your mind. You know, like I said, you look at uh, what the, who was that? Was that Virginia, the basketball team, uh, the number one seed that lost this year? Yeah. And that one of their star players threw the ball away that he's never made that play in his life. But with the pressures on the line, you just lose your mind. And I think just Bobby had a little bit of brain freeze there. And then he um, then he realized, hey, I got to redo this. So and then as far as the race goes, everybody was complaining. Bobby Pierce, that was about as clean as he could be. To Thornton, he actually stopped his car from. He could have stuffed Thornton right in the wall. I mean, he did, and he turned his car and he stopped. And actually, when they came down the back straightaway, if you watch the drone view or the other camera, 
Actually, Thornton is the one that made the contact on the back straightaway, not Pierce. It was a racing deal. It was 100% racing, $75,000 on the line. The two best racers in the country right now. Um, I thought it was it's about as clean, dirty as you could be for Bobby. Um, and it was just a good race. And it's what the crowd wanted to see. And obviously, the crowd wanted to see that because they went absolutely nuts when Pierce took the lead. Well, I was in Fairbury, guys. And, and half the place, I mean, they boo Pierce like crazy at Falls. I mean, he's got fans there too, but wow, is it loud. It's like them cheering. It's like them booing Scott Danzeeson. It was that, I mean, times 10. But at, at uh, Florence, I mean, they go out of their mind for the 32. Bert, what was your thoughts? So he, I thought that was kind of, I, I agree with him on the RTJ and Pierce deal. What's your thoughts on the Pierce and uh, old Fergie deal? Do you think Fergie would agree that, that that was a clean race by the 32? Um, I have to admit, I did not see that deal. I didn't uh, see that, so I can't comment on that one. But, uh, um, well, I was going to say, though, I mean, Bobby Pierce and Victory Lane, he had a lot. He was throwing out a lot of apologies in Victory Lane. <laughs> um, he was to several drivers and when they interviewed rtj um he was very cordial but you know he made the comment that i'll put this in the memory bank so uh you know he's you know that kind of tells you what he think he thought of it i think he just needs to curve his hats kraus did you see that <laughs> deal with fergie did you did you happen to catch up i didn't i just i saw Fergie, I think he just ended up spinning a little bit. I don't know if he chopped him. Is that the one where he chopped him getting in the corner? So Pierce got a good run off a of two off a of forward on the front straightaway on the high side. Fergie kind of was arcing the and they just they clipped in the middle of the front straightaway. And then Fer, then Pierce lifted. Fergie got ahead of him and then he just got right behind his right rear quarter panel. And next thing you know, Fergie's spinning, getting into one and no fault caution rule, Fergie to the back. That could have, if that was a judgment call, that could have been uh, lights out there for the thirty-two. Let's just be honest. Like you have to, you have to jump on the old uh, dirt vision or flow racing. I guess it would have been and yeah. uh, check out that highlight. Um, the coolest thing, right, was not even the race that happened. The coolest thing for us up here in the Midwest, upper Midwest, is Agent Orange Rick Eggersdorf getting officially inducted into the National Dirt Late Model Hall of Fame. That's a congratulations to the 17, 21, five, multiple different numbers, but one of the best to ever strap in. It's really cool to see another one of our guys in the National Dirt Late Model Hall of Fame. Any closing thoughts on uh, Florence before we jump on to the next segment here? Yeah, I got one. I got one. I don't know if Fergie, was he mad or what he was, but um, until you can start consistently running with the 32 and the 20, I mean, just don't even say anything. Just – you know what? Hey, you can just load up, go to the trailer, and try again next week. Once you once you get fast enough to run with those guys weekly, then you can start beacon. <laughs> I, I got to agree. I, so I'm wearing the 32 hat, my guy, right? And he knows how to curve hats. So I like RTJ too, but got to curve the hat. That right there is going to give him more, uh, more grip, more power. So let's jump into a little who's hot and who's not. Brought to you by our friends over at Fastlane Motorsports and Powder Coating in Ashland, Wisconsin, home of the Galloper Chassis, proud sponsor of the best, by far the best series in Wasota Racing, the Fastlane Motorsports Northland Superstock Series. Uh, proud sponsors of that. If you need custom fab work done, powder coatings, um, sandblasting, um, you need a new chassis, you need parts, tires, 
get a hold of Chris Bredding, excellent guy, um, ambassador to the sport. You're, you're really not going to meet a, meet a much nicer guy than Chris Bredding. Get a hold of him. He'll take good care of you over in Nashville, Wisconsin. So, guys, let's start with this. Uh, Bert, who's hot? <laughs> Do I take the low-hanging fruit again? <laughs> all right. Here, let's just take this one off the board. I think we all agree. Bobby <laughs> Pierce is the hottest driver in the country right now by far. Next. <laughs> um, I'll put Huddy on there, uh, Hudson O'Neill. Uh, you know, he had a he had, had a great USA Nationals weekend, and uh, you know, he was battling uh, for for part of the feature uh, in the front. And uh, so, I'll go with Huddy. I mean, he got third, right? It's another podium. Mm-hmm. It seems like he's on the podium at every one of these big shows. He's there. It's just. 32 and RTJ are just a pitch better. But, I mean, I think he's clearly in the conversation. So, yeah, you're spot on. How about locally, Bert? Um, I'm going to go with Nick Avalink uh, winning the $2,000 feature at Plymouth Third Track. Um, so, I'll go with him. Coach Kraus, what do you got? Yeah, well, obviously, uh, nationally, he's Pierce. I mean, you can't really, um, I think, ever – Two weeks ago on the show, I think we all picked uh, RT20, did we not, as the hottest? And Pierce must watch the show um, and said, you know what? No more, guys. We're going straight. Uh, I'm going to the top now. Um, and then locally, I got a couple. We're going to go uh, – got to go Brandon Kopp. I um, believe he won, he won two in a row this weekend. He won Ashland. Then he won um, uh, Proctor. Uh, that would have been last night. Yep. And um, no, I had a good run there. Uh, tough break for Tanner Williamson last night. This looked like – it sounds like he – Blew some smoke and then went off pretty hard. I don't know what happened over there. Hopefully, sounds like he's okay, uh, but went off a three pretty hard at Proctor. Uh, so Brandon Cop, and then um, you know I, I got to go Braden Brower because last the month of August he's ran seven shows. He's got three firsts, three seconds, and a fifth. And um, you know him and his brother are kind of splitting up now. It's kind of interesting what they're doing here. Um, uh, Braden's been running Viking, and um, if you forgot to mention. Um, Justin Vogel also passed Ryan Satter in that deal. Um, Satter was leading that race, and Brower was up there, and Vogel passed them both. Um, and neither one of those two guys get passed very often, especially at Viking. Uh, Satter, you don't see him getting passed very often. Um, so, you know, it's interesting what they're doing there. It's interesting to see how the uh, the Brower season plays out. I tell you what, that speed stock battle is epic. I mean, there's some very, very talented drivers that are extremely fun to watch, and, and uh, Brower's He's having a big year. He's still got the most wins right now in street stock racing. So he's still in the driver's seat. It's his race to lose for the national title, but Vogel making it tough on him. Um, obviously, we all have peers, but I'm going to go Tyler Peterson. So, you know, looking at the modified, I mean, he's been good. I think he's got second or third most wins in the modified. Sabraski's kind of the clear one. He's kind of got a little bit of a gap between him and TPO. But Tyler Peterson as a rookie, guys, 13 feature wins, 14 technically because he also won the Rumble, which was a non-point show. So he has 13 point wins and uh, pretty much most of them full car count. And, you know, there's a lot of money on the line. I know there's some big shows this weekend. You only need the top 20 shows in Wissota Late Models. Tyler Peterson in the driver's seat right now, and he's won two straight national titles. He knows how to do it. Right, he knows how to do it. If you can win in the modified, you can win in the late model. He's got to be the favorite right now. And I'm gonna go street stocks also. Rob Petroff out in Montana. Um, guys, 
I did not realize this. This is impressive. So I have you had no idea how many rainouts they've had in Montana this year. I mean, it is staggering. If you look at my race pass for like Gallatin Speedway, Electric City Speedway, and Great Falls, and look at the amount of rainouts, it's sickening, right? To these guys, especially to this guy. 19 of his last 20 races in the top three. And I think he's won five of his last six, including all three this past weekend. He won at Gallatin, Great Falls, and at Sheridan, Wyoming. His only race, guys, out of the top three in his last 20 events was a DNF. So Rob Petrov is red hot. And if he could just get some luck with some freaking weather, this is the guy right here that could put that Zuli-powered engine in the podium for the national title race. Um, Petrov, very strong in that 11th star. Bert, who's not? Um, I am going with a driver that uh, Jeff went with last week, and that's T-Mac. Um, you know, he hasn't raced a whole lot because Lucas had a little lull in their schedule, and he seems to only race Lucas races now. But last weekend, I mean, his problem is qualifying. Um, Friday night, in the split features, he started 15th in the feature. He did work his way up to se- And this isn't a split feature. So um, he did work his way up to 7th. Uh, the next night, he started 18th in the feature and worked his way up to 6th. And then he started 24th in the feature and got 13th. And, you know, you just expect a little bit better from, from the reigning champion of of lucas and bert if you had to guess and because I, I looked this up how many straight nights do you think he's gone without finishing on the podium quite a few <laughs> 13 13 yeah. straight nights off the podium for the reigning champ so do you guys think cross do you think I'll, I'll ask either one of you if you want to answer this they changed the format this year okay and they literally took it away from the consistent guy, right? And, and he's not even in the conversation right now. He's like 800 points out of first, right? But the fact is, do you think it messed with his mind at all when they said, hey, you just got to be in the top four at the end, and then the highest finishing driver at Eldora wins? Do you think that kind of discouraged him and kind of derailed him, or do you think that had nothing to do with it? Well, I think, um, no, we – if, if you get off to a slow start, why not get ready for the finals? You know what I mean? Why not get ready for the final four? My other thing is he's not racing every week. Uh, Ricky Thornton and Bobby Pierce are. And if you're not racing right now, you're not getting better. You're not going to catch those guys if you're not racing every week. Those guys race every week. They're going to Fairbury. They don't care if it's Lucas, XR, or World of Outlaws or whatever it is. They're racing. And McCready took basically ended up two and a half weeks off. And then he thinks he's going to show up to Florence, and and, and I mean, he's on. He's my yeah, Bert. You took it from me. He's my not hot okay. guy too. Um, <laughs> but like I said, I wanted to add the point, Bert, about him not racing. Like you, you mm-hmm. better be um, old T Mac. You're not just going to show up and all of a sudden think you're going to beat 32 in the 20 right now. It's not going to happen. Boy, that that's spot on right there. Because uh, I mean. There's nothing that can trade for seat time, and especially when you have some momentum going and you have seat time. I'm here to tell you, it's pretty tough. Now, there was a few in Wasota country that it seemed like it didn't matter, like Scott Danzies, right? 
that guy could take a month off, unload his car, he's in the podium or winning a race. It's like, well, how the hell does he do that? It was annoying, right? I could never do that. But uh, at this level, um, with the best race car drivers in the country, that I think you're right. I think that's hurting them pretty bad. Bert, locally, anybody on the not hot list on the local side? Uh, locally, I'm going to go with uh, Marcus Yari, who's a multi-time track champion at Shano Speedway. He did get a feature win uh, the other week, but sandwiched between that was uh, uh, he rolled in a feature uh, the week prior to him winning the feature. And uh, this last week, he actually took the lead in the feature and had a, I mean, he would have won it, I'm sure. Um and he spun out all by himself in corners three and four. And it's just something you do not see from him. So I'm going to put him on the not hot list. All right. So Kraus, uh, not hot list. Boy, we are going to go to the Midwest Modifieds. And uh, we're going to go to Lucas Rodin. Um, here's the deal, Ryan. He's got two wins in the months of June, July, and August. Two wins. And um, I know he's running Fergus. He looked pretty good there the other night. Uh, he's been little up and down consistencies, throwing some DNFs in there. Um, I know I know he's been running an IMCA mod too. Now is that his IMCA it, modified that he runs in Jamestown? Yeah, I think he's trying to sell it. He's just running that part time. He's running that a little bit locally, but that might be affecting him too. Yeah, so that's um, I think he's used to uh, winning a few more than. Um, you know, two in the last two and a half months. So um, be in interesting to see sitting fourth in national points right now. Um, obviously, you've gone this far um, into the season. He's going to, you know, he's going to be at all the specials and all that stuff like uh, stuff like that. So hopefully he can start picking off some more wins. He's fun to watch. Um, he gets up on the wheel, likes getting after it. So uh, hopefully we can see that uh, 19 car back in victory lane a little more frequently. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be in a title race at all. But, yeah, come invite time, I, I would not be surprised to see him make some noise. I also had T-Mac along with you two guys, so evidently we think alike on that, right? But uh, I'm going to go a couple here. I got Pat Doerr. So he started out, and I'm like, I don't know if this guy's going to finish out of the top two all year. Like, he was so good. And, and not that he's been terrible, but you can tell he's just – he's kind of that edge is gone. He had that edge at the beginning of the year where he was just clearly the fastest car. And, uh, boy, I think, I think Jake Radetzky might be kind of taking that from a little bit. He's been pretty darn good. So door, uh, kind of slipping a little bit, but if there's a guy that come, can come back with him and then I'm going to keep Johnny broken on the not hot list. I know, I know he won. He went two for two this last weekend. Right. So people are like, well, how the hell do you put a guy, on the non-hot list, he just won two races. He won at Rapids and Hemming because he ain't won a big race yet, okay? That's why. He went two years winning back-to-back, -back, winning the um, the uh, Advantage RV Mod Tour. Lots of big races that he won. He ain't won a big race all year, and, and he's good enough. The car, I, there was some grip on the track this weekend. I, I still don't think the car is right. Um so until I see that 45J parking it in victory lane at a big race for some real money, he's going to stay right here parked on the not hot list. So, Johnny, get after it. All right. Fan feedback time brought to you by buyracers.com. If you need hats, hoodies, right, T-shirts, any kind of apparel for your race team. I mean, let's face it, hoodie time, right? It's invite time. you got to get some hoodies, um, your business, whatever it is. 
Go to buyracers.com. It's for racers, buy racers. Um, they do a great job at a great price. Check them out. So, guys, uh, actually, Joe shot me over a text. He goes, why is it that with soda is literally the only sanctioning body that is always two weeks behind on their points on my race pass? How is that a thing? Joe, I got nothing. I don't know. They pay somebody to do that job. And I don't understand why it's doing so. Every other series, guys, the points are updated like that. They're each night. They're boom, boom, boom. They're accurate each night. With soda, it's always behind. I don't get it. It drives me absolutely bonkers. So, Kraus, uh, what do you say? You and I get together here over the next uh, over the next week, getting into invite time. And we do a, a – Bert maybe wants to jump in, but you're not really the Wasoda point guy. If you want to jump in, you can. But maybe we just do a, a separate show kind of breaking down, like, hey, these are the drivers that are in the conversation for the national championship leading into invite time. You want to – should we get together and do that? Yeah, absolutely. The flip side is I think it uh, it helped the fans out a little bit to go to the 100 and know what's going on. Um, especially – and they're never updated before you go to 100. I, I – I mean, this should be there should be a running scroll on the scoreboard saying how many points TPOs behind Sabraski or Burdick's behind TPO and the late models or whatever it may be. And it needs to be it needs to be known. Um, it needs to be posted everywhere. So yeah, I, I think that help out. Uh, Got to get the fans involved and show them what's going on. Absolutely. And so so Joe, that's a good question. We'll get on that. I'll start working on some things there. So. Uh, Justin shot me over a text message. It was IMCA Speed Weeks, and and we picked one race. Uh, we picked the Harris Clash, but we probably should have. We probably should have picked the Night of a Thousand Stars, and I, you know, we should have picked all of them races, but we didn't. But he he sent over. He goes, they had a, a a good like I guess you'd call it a Speed Week type deal. Modifieds represented seventeen states, seventeen states. Sport mods represented 11 states. Guys, in Wasoda, right? Wasoda modifieds only exist in Minnesota, a couple tracks in Wisconsin, one track in North Dakota, three tracks in South Dakota, and a couple tracks in Canada. You're never, ever, ever going to have 17 states represented in Wasoda mods. His question was, as a racetrack, so Jeff, this is more of a question for you because you're a promoter, okay? As a racetrack, wouldn't it be better to switch for the modified division to an IMCA sanction for the simple reason that when you have a big special, you can draw people in and truly have a special event where people are coming from all over the country to race at your event Instead of going, well, I mean, we see these guys all the time. There ain't nothing special. This guy's down here a couple times a year. Is there something special about having a, a true special event? And, Bert, you can weigh on this as a fan, too. But a true special where you have no idea where cars are coming from. It could be all the way from California and who and whatnot. Do you think there's a benefit to the track and then, Bert, to the fan to, to have a situation like that? Well, yeah, absolutely. It can be. I know we, we've talked about the modified rules, um, getting everybody on the same page. So um, the, a big event, yes. A weekly deal, there, 
there's drivers not coming up here from Iowa or Missouri or they're not coming to Viking Speedway. Okay, I, I get that. But if you want to do a big event, yeah, it'd be great to have everybody on the same rule because I'd love to see, you know, Rodney Sanders take on Brady Gertis and Dustin Strand and, and whoever else in a fair fight uh, with all the same rules. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, right now with the layout, that's not going to happen. But, you, you know, Ryan, you know as well as I do, we get something's got to be done with these mod rules. Um, so you can get travelers. So you can get other guys going to other places. Is it going to be a weekly deal? Like I said, no, no. It'd have to be a one-time deal. Um, you know, if is is Rodney Sanders and those guys going to come run the Moonshine Mod Tour if, if we all have the same rules? Probably not. Um, it'd have to be you know, a certain special and you'd have to work with a lot of tracks, which that usually doesn't seem to happen these days. Um, and then, you know, I'll let Bert cover from the fan standpoint too, but it'd be pretty awesome as a fan. Yeah. I mean, from a fan standpoint, I mean, I love going to specials like that. I mean, that's one thing I loved about going to the Wasota 100, going to Punky Manor was you got, you know, all the drivers converged on one place. And regarding, you know, specifically this question with IMCA, um, you know, that's kind of what the clash at the creek is at 141 Speedway. I mean, because 10,000 to win, because of that show, I got to watch RTJ race modifieds. I got to watch Kyle Strickler race modifieds. I got to watch Terry Phillips race modifieds. Um, I got to watch uh, and, you know, compete against the locals. You know, the locals have won that race, too, not just travelers. So, you know, it's a good mix. And, you know, Cody Laney has been coming to 141 Speedway the last several years. So because of that type of a special, I've got to see some pretty darn good modified racers from across the country, not just my area. Um, but I do want to add um, IMCH. I mean, pretty much everything on Eastern Wisconsin is IMCA sanctioned. Um, the detriment to that for me as a late model fan is I don't think drivers want to move up to a late model because they can travel all across the Midwest and race wherever they want with the IMCA modified for good money, probably more money than what you know, our local late models race for. So in that regard, I think the sanction hurts um, late model racing in my area anyway, uh, because drivers, they just don't want to move up when they can. I mean, it seems like so many drivers in Eastern Wisconsin love going to Iowa in early April for the Frostbusters because it's like four straight nights of racing in Iowa. And um, at the end of the year, they go, you know, well, you know, Boone is a huge show. <laughs> so. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there is one alternative here, right? So uh, Barry Brown with XR, you know, he's kind of been toying with this here the last year of, of running the co-sanctioned deal. I know that like with the street stocks, they had the, the, the USRA deal versus Wasoda versus IMCA stock cars kind of did it with the modified so they are toying with that and i think at certain tracks that would work really good some tracks might take a little bit more tweaking to make that work but um he's showing that it, it has worked and there's been multiple different drivers from different sanctions winning some of those races well and actually i think this was in the late 1990s shadow speedway did a 
special at the end of the year uh where they invited i'm or uh with soda modifieds to come race with the imca modifieds uh you had to run the rules that that were the rules at the track that you raced at and um jerry weigel uh beat eddie munster eddie munster i was imca driver weigel was with soda driver and I talked to Eddie Munster after the race, and he said he didn't get outmotored. He got outtired because the tires for Wasota are so, were so much better than the IMCA tires. Yeah, they are just a totally different tire altogether. And they, for sure, they are better than the IMCA tires. One last one here on the fan feedback. This one's from Jeff, a latecomer here. Can I give a donkey award to Knoxville for the Knoxville Nationals Saturday night? Before the event, right, before the festivities, before the national anthem, out comes the Iowa governor with a, with another political, I think DeSantis or whatever, other political person, and they're kind of they're doing like a political deal before the national anthem. Regardless of your political deal, right, however you stand, at an event like this, should racetracks shy away from the political side of things? And just like let's get to racing, Krause, you're a promoter. I want your thoughts on this. Uh, I I think that'd be pretty cool. I mean, you're talking twenty was there twenty one thousand people in Knoxville? Um, it's not like you're going to a weekly event somewhere and there's not. I mean, you're dealing with a big deal. Um, and you know, on the flip side is, you know how important the Iowa caucus is. I don't know how much you watch the polls and the, all that good stuff with the Iowa caucus. Yeah, year is zero because you don't watch any of that. I don't personally care that, but. There's a certain percentage of the presidents that you win the Iowa caucus that you get president, uh, something something like that. So, I, yeah, I didn't mind it at all. I thought it was pretty cool. I think, you know, fans get pretty excited. It's, it's definitely their celebrities. You know what I mean? So, um, event like that, I got no issues with that. Bert? Um, well, I'm kind of a, a political junkie. Um, you know, I follow politics pretty close. And I don't have a problem with it as long as they don't make it a drawn out, you know, political ad type thing. But, you know, if they want to come make an appearance, say a few words, you know, I have no problem with that. Um, I mean, you have to go to as a candidate, you have to go to where your potential voters are. And I mean, whatever your politics are, I think there's one party that, um, you know, wants wants to get us all into electric vehicles and you know, how will that affect ra the racing community? Yeah. And, and I look at it, I guess this way is for me, sports and racing is all that is an escape from all that. Like I personally don't want, I want to watch racing and, and sports to watch racing and sports, not the political stuff. And, and uh, people are triggered these days, right? I mean, people are soft. So, I mean, heck, I mean, you mentioned something here a while back, Carlos, and we had one of our fans was not happy about it, right? And and it's like, as a racetrack, it's a business, and it's, I, I look at it as like, are you in danger, whichever direction you go politically, are you in danger of alienating, you know, part of your fan base to where they're like, heck with that place, you know? So, I mean, you kind of got to be careful on how you do it. They, they didn't draw a way out, but I, I guess uh, Jeff's point was, is it kind of a slippery slope there to where you could definitely start alienating the fan base and pissing off some, some, uh, some of your customers? I mean, there can be a concern of that, but, um, uh, 
I can remember, I think it was 2000, what well, was the year that Romney and Paul Ryan ran for president? I went to the World 100 and there was a Romney Ryan bus at Eldora Speedway. And I thought it was pretty cool because it's like they think that us race fans are important enough for them to come to this event, you know, to try to get our vote. Well, and that's true because we are the only people that matter. I mean, if you're not a race fan, you suck. It just is what it is. So, I mean, that is accurate. I mean, so, <laughs> yeah. So, I think, mean, yeah, I guess there's there's different ways to look at that for sure. So, I mean, that's uh, a point of view there. I definitely get that. So, the weekly pickums uh, brought to you by Impact Health Sharing. So, if you're self-employed, you own a business, I mean, if you work for somebody and you still got to pay for health care, if you're paying for health insurance and you feel like, I might be paying too much or maybe I don't like my coverage. I might have a solution for you. That's impact health sharing. Um, been able to get families in at about $600 roughly um, per month with a $2,500 family deductible. Uh, talk to a guy today, 1900 a month. They're paying right now, $5,000 um, deductible per person. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, it's a little bit better than that. So, uh, hit me up, 218-969-1380. I can get you a quote, get you some information, see if we can help you out. That's Impact Health Sharing. So last week, guys, and it feels like a month ago, right? I mean, is it me or does the X-Heart Super Series event that happened at the Gondekla Speedway literally feel like it's three weeks ago? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that was last Monday. Bobby Pierce won. XR Working Man was at Menominee. And uh, Nick Hoffman got it done there. Speaking of Nick Hoffman, I got to give that dude a donkey award. What the hell was he thinking on night number one? His <laughs> air cleaner falls off on lap one. And uh, lo and behold, he had engine problems. Went home for the rest of the week. So, bro, do you ever have an air cleaner fall off? And if you did on lap one, would you stay out there on the racetrack? And no, I had one. Um, old Fargo, the old half mile. Remember the old half mile up in Fargo? Um, I had one fly off coming for the white um, down the back straightaway. And um, I limped at home. They shut it off right away. And luckily, everything was fine. But yeah, no, it's first thing your engine builder says when you bring them for the rebuild. Oh, you must have a nice air cleaner on your car. I don't have to go from 30 over to 40 over. We don't, I can save you another couple grand. So yeah, air cleaner comes off, shut her down, pull her in the pits, live to fight another day. That was lap one, dude. I mean, he's wow. kind of like, wow. The funny thing, I mean, because he was, you know, he was first or second at the time. So I'm sure he's thinking, I got to get as many points as I can. Uh, but then, you know, to add insult to injury, he stuffed it in the wall later in the race. So he didn't get a good finish anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was not a good night. But he had a good night at Menominee. Um, the Harris Clash, uh, Tim Ward won that one. I picked uh, good old TBJ. Didn't he make the feature? That shows the level of competition that was there. North, South 100, I had Pierce, or Pierce won. I did have Pierce. Um, Knoxville Nationals, Larson won. And then we had the Challenge Series. We had the Mater, but that postponed to the Weekend of the Punky. Jake Rudetsky with another Challenge Series win. And uh, <laughs> I tell you what, he's been sneaky fast this year, so... Keep an eye on that 27. He's not that far behind Pat Doerr. He's second right now in the Challenge Series. Going to have to have a little luck, a little bad luck for Doerr, but he, it's not over yet. He could still win this deal. Um, this week, we're picking the high-limit sprints at Houston's, the topless over at Batesville, 
Jackson Nationals are this week, uh, World of Outlaw at Jackson. And USMTS 25th anniversary event at Mason City. Um, they're running like prelims Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 25000 to win, plus a pile of contingencies. A lot of money on the line for USMTS. And uh, the Dirt Kings, um, Parify, I believe they're both 5000 to win. Aren't they, Burt, Mississippi Thunder, I, and Deer Creek? I believe so. Yeah, them will both be good races. NLRA late models. Uh, we're picking uh, up in Fargo Thursday, Friday. They got the Howie Schill Memorial. Of course, that's Cole Schill's dad. Um, tragically passed away here a couple of years back. And then Saturday night, one of the bigger races out west, 5,000 away in the rescheduled Golden Hammer over at the Devil's Playground, Devil's Lake Speedway. So we're picking all those. Now, this past week, Bert, Curtis and uh, yours truly here, plus seven. Bert, you were plus five. Kent, Brad, and Dan, plus three. Carl and Jeff, plus two. Mike, I don't know, he must have got to turn his picks in because there's no way he got zero, but <laughs> looks like Mike got the goose egg. I'm not sure. Come on, guy. Um, so our points right now, Curtis at 125. Your two-time and reigning champion, Bert Lehman, 123. Brad's at 117. Mike's at 114. Dan is at 109. I was in the cellar last week, guys. I'm no longer in the cellar. I slid up three spots. I'm at 100. <laughs> Carl is at 99. Kent is at 97. And uh, Team Michigan is at 96. Now, I got to be honest with you. 96 is a lot smaller number than the rest of these numbers. So, Jeff, uh, pick up the pace there, guy. So, last lap brought to you by Dirt Track Supply, Watertown, South Dakota. Home of the Aero Chassis. If you need tire safety equipment, fab work, you know, just want to talk racing. Ron and Trevor Anderson, great people over in Watertown, South Dakota. Um, they've been helping the racing community, successful within the racing community for a number of years. Not going to meet better people. Give them a call at Dirt Track Supply. So, um, let's go Moonshine Mods. So, you guys, Krause, had a Moonshine Mod Tour event. It was supposed to be championship weekend. Fill us in. What's going on with the um, inaugural season of the Moonshine Mod Tour? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a 12 event. 12 event deal that started out, uh, they started out, I believe, out west, did they not? Uh, Miller, kind of out that area. Um, I don't know if they did they do Aberdeen, did they do, um, started Cheyenne, then kind of went out that way. Um, then they had a swing up north. Um, they did uh, Greenbush, Grand Forks, kind of in that area. And then this last one, these last four nights, was supposed to be Lisbon and Cheyenne River. That rained out on Thursday. Um, and they did run Friday at I 94 EMR Speedway. And uh, where Mr. Uh, Ebert got the win there and then um, came to Viking Speedway on Saturday and uh, they're allowed two throwouts. So 12 shows, you're allowed two throwouts. And um, I think Zach Johnson went into the night with a two point lead over Brady Gertis and uh, Dusty Bitson ended up winning the race. Um, Brady Gertis was second. Zach Johnson was third. Um, actually, and Corky Thomas was in um Dusty Bitson's other car. I don't know if you picked up on that. He was in the rage and he got fourth. So um, they end up being um, right now they are tied. And of course, Granite City got rained out on Sunday. So um, now from the sounds of it, looks like Benji went to work and he's rescheduled that. I believe is that this Thursday or the following Thursday? The 24th. 
So the August 24th, they're going to be doing the final leg of the Moonshine Mod Tour. And obviously, you're going to get a champion because right now, um, Zach Johnson and Brady Curtis are tied. And uh, so it's good that um, Benji's going to get that straight and make sure we have a winner of the uh, Moonshine Mod Tour. Yeah, I, I hope I'm sure you talked to the drivers on that. Nobody wants a tie. I mean, if you have an opportunity to break the tie, you got to break the tie. So, um, excited for that. That'll be on Dirt Race Central. You'll be able to catch that action. Dusty Bitson gave him a beatdown on the big half mile there. He was kind of checked out and gonzo in the 10X, kind of lacking in the wind department this year, but that was a big one for him. Um, Hibbing Raceway, they had the Hall of Fame. They had their um, Hall of Fame inductions this past week. And, Five people that I know, I mean, I grew up around these five people. So it's super cool to me. So Pat Roddy, a gentleman up in Hibbing, Minnesota, we call him the carburetor guy. There's pretty much not a guy with a two-barrel in the Hibbing area for a 30, 40-year period of time that he didn't rebuild their carburetors. Um, heavily involved with a lot of race teams. I know he helped Warren Hardy build some engines. So congratulations. Great guy, Pat Roddy. Lee Bloomquist. Uh, another great guy. He's uh he's the Burt Layman of uh Wissota Country up there. He was the guy that would write all the articles, write all the race recaps. Um, he actually would submit them to several newspapers, and and just uh, a great historian, great ambassador to the sport. One of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. He's done so many write ups on a lot of drivers, um, battling some health issues right now, um, starting some chemo treatments. So, to me. Super cool to get Lee Bloomquist into the Hall of Fame. You know, hopefully, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers to him to get through that and get through that health challenges. We, we want him around for a lot more years. Mark Tremberth. Now, uh, Krause, you heard of the old turbine chassis, the original turbine chassis. Nothing against flat-out performance, the Flottens, but Mark Tremberth was the originator of the turbine chassis. Went back in the heyday when super stocks were plentiful everywhere, and he built a lot of excellent race cars. Um, hand painted a lot of cars guys do yourself a favor go to vintage iron range dirt track racing on facebook that's his page and he also has he does been doing some really cool little videos on there um but uh mark tremor is just a great guy great ambassador of the sport tim mcmahon who is the i guess the father-in-law to buzzy adams right former wasota late model national champion he got inducted into the hall of fame and then uh the late kevin davy so uh, Kevin and Kathy, they, they were heavily involved in a lot of ways with racing, tragically lost their life when they were down at the races in Granite City, um, got a, a car accident with a drunk driver down there. Uh, very sad deal. He, um, he raced for many years. His son, Andy, raced for many years. Kevin Davey also into the Hall of Fame. So little bit of a uh, little bit of news on the late model front, Bert. I don't know if you heard this or not. So <clears throat> we're all familiar with the KME team, right? Pat Capella, they got the 525s, you got Danny Bang, Harry Hansen, right? Um, he's on Sam Mars's car, Derek Vessel. They they made the switch last year, right, to MB Customs. Bert, word on the street, MB out the door, two brand new rockets coming. Sounds like they're not happy with MB and just they're they're looking. And I think uh Danny Vang's kind of like, hey, I, I feel like I was faster in the Rockets, so Word on the street is KME making the switch from MB Customs back to Rockets. That's big news in northern Minnesota. Um, another thing here. You guys familiar with that World of Outlaw game? What is that? Is that on PlayStation or what is that game on? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's a um, 
Well, the world all uh, it's on PlayStation. I think it's on Xbox too, but uh, it's separate from iRacing. It's not iRacing, but it's a world outlaw game on on PlayStation. Did you see what happened? What's happening this week? Um, I had read some about it. Actually, funny thing is, I was just playing it. Did I play it today or last night or something? I was hop online and we. I got some buddies that I met on there. We were racing sprint cars somewhere. I don't know wherever it was, but. Um, Sounds like they're coming out with a new updated version with all the late model guys from the sounds of it. And this is the first time. Now, remember, when that first came out, B-Shep had kind of made the transition over to Lucas, and they snubbed him. They wouldn't let him be on the on there. Well, this week they actually have the uh, Brandon Shepard skins coming out. So a year later or whatever it is, Brandon Shepard going to officially be on the World of Outlaw game. Should have been on there to begin with. I mean, come on. Well, I know what they're thinking. So, um, little sprint car world action here. Um, Jacksonville, Oregon driver Tanner Holmes is going to step in and finish out the 2023 season for the 1A Shark Racing car of Jacob Allen. Jacob Allen going to be sitting out the remainder of 2023. I'm um, not sure what's going on there. Hopefully, they get it all figured out. Um, what are you guys looking forward to? So we got a lot of national stuff. Is there any races, whether it's national or local, that one or two that just stick out this week that you're, you're kind of looking forward to seeing? Bert, start with you. Um, well, I'm looking forward to – well, obviously, I'm looking forward – I mean, I'll watch the stream of the Dirt Kings races at Mississippi Thunder and uh, Deer Creek. Um, it's always – even though I don't necessarily agree with their Kings traveling all over the, the countryside and then also scheduling against Shano, you know, where most of the drivers come from for dirt Kings. But, uh, you know, it's always cool to see the Western, uh, Wisconsin late model drivers and the Minnesota late model drivers, uh, square off against the Eastern Wisconsin late model drivers. So I'm looking forward to that. And I always, Looking forward to Batesville, too, because uh, I always thought the topless is a cool event, you know, when they take the roofs off the off the cars. That's a race, right? We're talking cars? Okay. Cars. Yes, yes. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> I was on, Kraus, uh, what are you looking forward to this week? Uh, the Well, technically the first leg, but technically now the second leg of the uh, Fallen Lineman modified race. Uh, by 94, there's got rained out. Uh, we got ours in at Viking. Um Great cause, great race, should be a good car count up there, great purse. Um, then also, um, you know, with we're off this weekend. We got our annual demo derby up here at the at Viking Speedway, the fair going on and stuff, so we do a demo. Um, we're off Saturday night from racing. Um, so uh, Fiesta City Speedway, Montevideo's got their double header down there. Uh, looks like a pretty good payout for those late models for two nights in a row. And then um, looking forward New flag man in the stands down at Montevideo. I'm going to throw that out there right now. I'm not going to tip my hat who it is. Um, he's, a if, he's a hat. Absolute if, hat. If you know, um, obviously, what track I'm affiliated with, it's pretty easy to figure out who it's going to be. So we're going to see how uh, he does down there at uh, Fiesta City Speedway. Oh, boy. Maybe a donkey award coming. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. Keep me posted on that one. Um, and I'm looking forward to, I mean, Devils, like – I really enjoy watching late model racing there. They got the Golden Hammer, 5,000 to win. Gresset won that a year ago. Tyler Peterson has been absolutely on a rail. It's going to be interesting to see if one of the perennial NLRA front runners can kind of 
sweep the weekend or if Tyler Peterson is going to come in and make yet another statement in 2023. Um, Grand Rapids Speedway, it's Fair Week, Itasca County Fair. Wednesday, they got the Dean Olofsson Memorial. Thousand to win for the Pierce Stocks, 500 for the Hornets. Thursday, they got Late Mods, Supers, uh, Midwest Mods on Thursday. Then they have their Enduro, and they have the Demolition Derby they're having on Saturday up there. And then uh, Tri-State Late Models, you know, it's interesting because, I mean, South Dakota, guys, has been a hotbed. I mean, especially when you look at here on Aberdeen Casino, that's always been a very strong Wissota roots, right? Tri-State Late Models again, right? Repairable vehicles, Tri-State Late Models. Uh, Miller on Friday, Dakota State Fair Speedway in Huron on Saturday. Cole Searing, your reigning national champ, is actually leading the points in that. Can you seal the deal? I don't know how many races are left. I don't feel like there's many. Um, any additional shout-outs that you guys want to give or any? Bert, go ahead. Uh, well, before we move on, uh, as far as races, we're looking forward to, I forgot to mention, uh, races locally here. Uh, it's uh, If you're a fan of IMCA Sport Mods, this is the week for you in eastern Wisconsin. Uh, it's the captain of the creek at 141 Speedway. I believe that's Tuesday and Wednesday night. I believe that is also on flow. It's 10000 a win for IMCA Sport Mods. Uh, last week, out of gaming speedway and seamer got rained out and there i believe they were going to have a thousand to win for sport mods so that's being moved to friday i believe so you know ten thousand to win a thousand to win and then shano speedway on saturday night is going to be three thousand to win for imca sport mods so uh if uh you're imca sport mod driver you should come to eastern wisconsin this week and it's interesting there cross that they have a rule in imca it's different than Wasota, right if Wasota had a 10,000 to win B-Mod race, you might see Dave Kane. You might see Buzzy. You might see some of these mod guys dropping down. If you're a modified, if you're an IMCA mod driver, correct me if I'm wrong, Bert, you cannot drop down and run an IMCA sport mod. That is, that, I believe that is correct. I don't even think, I don't even think stock car drivers can race in the IMCA sport mod because IMCA considers the sport mods to be a, beginner class so they don't want uh the other drivers dropping down into that division for big shows perfect that'll keep the cost down a little bit too at the end of the day so let's jump into three bold predictions our final segment here brought to you by mason aaron's videos so mason out right now it's just to let you guys know the show might be a day or two late this week even though we're doing it on monday mason out in new york be safe out there have a have a fun trip but uh, check out Mason Aaron's videos on YouTube and on Facebook. Great guy, heavily involved with the sport, keeps to himself, but does a lot of great things. Uh, you're not going to meet a much uh, much better person than him. And uh, off the board this week, guys. So, Bert, you said the smooth operator, Bobby Pierce, would not be on the podium this week. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> what? Hey, Chris, hey, is that a donkey award? Should we just give a donkey? What kind of, what are you what what are you talking about? These are these are bold predictions. That was bold. <laughs> I didn't I didn't, I didn't say they were smart predictions. They're bold <laughs> predictions. Yeah, that didn't work out. You said Benji Lacrosse was gonna have a pair of podiums. Um yeah. that did not happen. He had a couple nights where he was kind of uh right around that sixth, seventh area that, mm -hmm. that he ran pretty good, but he did not get on the podium at all. Um I said this was an interesting one. I said RTJ and Bobby Pierce were going to trade sliders for the lead in the final 15 laps. That happened. That happened. 
exactly two. Exactly two. I'm like, oh my God. And when I saw the lineup, I'm like, RTJ starting 23rd. I mean, I'm screwed. This ain't going to happen. But uh, lo and behold, I got the point on that one. Prouse, you said uh, Shots was going to win at Shotsville. Boy, after night number one, I thought maybe you were onto something. He got third, didn't he? He finished on the podium. He had a hell of a weekend, but a couple spots short for him. And then uh, you also said uh, one of the drivers was going to win three of four or two of three or vice versa. That's going to get pushed because uh, it's yet to be determined because that one race is rescheduled at Lisbon. So our stats right now, um, Jeff and the listeners at 20%, Bert at 39.3%, and with 35 correct, 54 incorrect, Bert, I have 35 correct, 48 incorrect. Um, I'm at 42.2, so kind of starting to kind of get a little bit of breathing here, breathing room here on Bert. Kind of, I, uh, I kind of lay down a couple of months here to kind of get back in the game. So this week, we're each going to make three predictions here. Make three laps around the track. And uh, they, the only rules is it's got to be something that either can be it either yes, it happened or no, it did not happen. Racing related, maybe show related, something like that. We keep track of, of our stats. So, Bert, what's your first pick? Your first prediction of the week? My first prediction, um, I'm going to the captain of the creek um, because our pickers are too scared to pick this race. I am going to pick. Zach Robb will win the 10,000 a win captain of the Creek race. <laughs> Ooh, throwing a little shade on a couple of our boys there. All right. Zach Brom. All right. Um, Rob, R-A-A-B. Okay. Okay. Krause? Uh We're going, um, Dan Ebert's going to win. Um, there's, they're doing three qualifying deals. I don't know if you know the format there this weekend. Looks like they're doing inside row in middle, whatever outside role. Dan Ebert's going to win one of those qualifiers. going to get on the front row for the USMTS race on Saturday. That would be big. We'd like to see a Minnesota guy take home the cash. That's for I, sure. I do have a, how do you qualify for that USMTS race on Saturday? They're doing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday qualifiers. Right. And I believe, so they, it sounds like top six, or if there's two features, the top three out of each, it's kind of, they kind of have it broke down, like how many. But they're going to take, I believe they're going to take 18, aren't they, from the qualifying nights and everybody else from the Bs. Is that right, or is it a little bit more than that? I believe I was just reading on that because I wanted to make sure uh, what was going on that. But it looks like it's going to be somewhere in that eight region um, to get to get your, uh, well, how many? Well, I suppose it's going to be if there's, it'll be six per night. Um, then they're taking three from each. So you get your 18 cars, and they'll fill them in from the Bs from there. Yeah, and the, 33 cars, three wide. And the reason I'm asking is because when I was doing uh, my picks, um, I checked out Jake Kim's uh, Facebook page, and he's racing Wednesday night in the USMTS, but he plans the race, the Dirt Kings race, on Friday night. And that could happen, right? Because he could go mm -hmm. with their win on Wednesday or Thursday, so – that's a, that's a little bit of bold confidence, but I tell you what, he's been quick in that modified when he's unloaded it, so that would be fun to see. Um, my first pick, I'm going to go to the topless. I'm going to Batesville. Guys, these, these drivers have been 
kind of struggling on an actual scene, right? T-Mac, Davenport, Jimmy Owens. Is it fair to say that they've been, they haven't been the top three, over 10, right? So between, between these four drivers, T-Mac, Overton, Jimmy Owens, Jonathan Davenport, at least one of those drivers will be on the podium on Saturday night. Okay. Is that too low lying? I mean, these guys have all been struggling. I mean, what, what do you think? Good with it? I'm fine with it. All right. If, all you, right. if, you, if you can sleep at night, I'm fine with it. <laughs> wow. wow. All, right. All right. So Jeff has one here for us too. Not not this Jeff, our other Jeff. The Reaper, Ryan Gustin, will win the twenty-five thousand to win a main for the US NTS modifies at Mason City. Bert. Um, I am going to go with Nick Avalink will have a podium finish at Deer Creek on Saturday night. Hey, if you can sleep at night, I mean, <laughs> I mean, Nick Avalink on the podium at a, at a Dirt Kings race. I mean, if you, you can sleep at night, all right, fair enough. Right. <laughs> fair enough. All right. Well, gross. he did go there earlier this year to race in that, in the go for 50. So maybe he was doing some testing. I think it's a little different. Yeah, that <laughs> right, right. He was there testing for the Dirt King race. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Rose. Well, I know um, probably picking Rodney Sanders right now is probably the easy thing, but with this format, okay, Rodney Sanders is going to win Wednesday. He's going to start on the pole, and then he's going to win Saturday and take home the twenty-five grand. So this is a parlay. So he's going to win. So if he wins Thursday and Saturday, that sucks for you, right? So you're not going to go with he's going to win one of the prelims. Specifically, he's going to win the first Wednesday and Saturday. It's it's called bold predictions, I believe, right? <laughs> All right. All right. Fair enough. So bold prediction. Kevin Burdick will win at least two features this weekend. Okay. Mean yep. right. Last lap. White flag flying in the air. Bert Lehman taking it white. All right. Back to uh, Eastern Wisconsin for sport mods. I am going to say T Sob, Tyler Sobieschuk, will win the $3,000 to win feature at one at Shano Speedway one handed. One hand. There you go. You got. That's, He's that's the driver pick. that I I sent the video to he, to you. He races one handed. <laughs> right, right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Prouse, your final your final prediction. Last one. We're going. Um, Fiesta City's got a big late model special this weekend. Uh, we are going to go same winner both nights in the late models at Fiesta City Speedway. Someone's going to take home, I believe. It looks like it's twenty five hundred on Friday and thirty five hundred on Saturday. Same winner. Someone's going home with, uh, if my math is right, there looks like six grand. Off the record, who's that going to be? 
I, I, I'm not going. That's way too bold here. I mean, come on. I've been making <laughs> predictions. You don't, you don't have to make that part of the prediction, right? That's not part of the prediction. Off the record, if you had a hunch, who, who's your pick to win at my at Monty? Keeping it local, Jordan Tellickson. Okay. All right. com. That's a good pick right there. Um, I'm going to go with my third and final prediction. And I'm going to go... I'm gonna go up to the Devils playground. You know what? I, I can't do that because I think I have a I think I have a golden hammer prediction already, but I don't have it in front of us. So I, I, I can't do that because I don't want to double up to make the same pick. Um all right. Jake Tim is gonna have a podium finish, whether it's a prelim night or a or a Dirt Kings night or whatever. He's got, in in one of the feature events in the mod and in the late model. He will have podiums in a mod and a late model both this week. So I hope like hell he makes that show the first couple <laughs> nights so he can be well, running the late model there on Friday. Well, I picked him in the Dirt Kings race because he's almost unbeatable at Mississippi Thunder. Yeah, he doesn't have any laps around that place, so... Um, any closing thoughts there, guys, before we uh, before we call it a night here? Um, yeah, I have uh, just want to say uh, um, last week at Channel Speedway was uh, retro night, and it was really cool. There were, like, around 10 drivers who put retro uh, paint schemes on the, on the right side of their cars, you know, the side that faces the, the crowd. Uh, so that was really cool. And... Um, uh, Johnny Whitman put uh he had an Eddie Munster uh, scheme from the late 1990s. Uh, Eddie Munster uh, uh, won the first ever track championship in IMCA mods at Channel Speedway. And uh, speaking of Johnny Whitman, do you want a scale update at, at Channel Speedway? Yeah, what happened there? <laughs> um, at the drivers' meeting, they announced that well, they got the scale collect um tested, and they found that. If you parked on the back side of the scale versus on the front side of the scale, you got two different readings. So um, they said that the scale, they didn't admit it was, they did the wrong thing, but they said the scale maybe may have been inaccurate, you know, several weeks ago when Johnny Whitman got disqualified for being light in the 3,000. That was a big paying show, right? What was that? 3,000 3, to win. Um and they said that, um, I mean, they said they had to cut some concrete out. And um, so they they announced to make it right, they paid Johnny Whitman $3,000. So that's in addition to the regular purse that they paid because they didn't take any money away from anybody else. So Mike Whittlestack got $3,000 for, he finished second but was awarded the win. And Johnny Whitman got paid three thousand dollars also. And I think that's um, the right thing to do. I think that's super cool. And they also announced uh, new scale procedures because the scale may be inaccurate. And lo and behold, um, they had to use those new procedures last week. <laughs> oh wow. Uh, the winner of the I'm Say Stock Car feature uh, was Trey Van Stratton, who's actually the son of Travis Van Stratton, who's won like 10 track championships at Shano. And he pulled up on the scale 
And he was up there for a while. And I said to my friend sitting next to me, he hasn't moved off that scale yet. And then they, uh, he pulled off. And the new procedure is if you're light at the scale, you pull off and you go to a certain area and nobody can touch the car. If somebody touches the car, then you're DQ'd. Um, and then they have race scales set up in one of the fair buildings, but it's on the other side of the track. So then they pushed his car to where the scales were and then the car came back and he pulled into victory lane. So the scale was wrong. And uh, they did say in the driver's meeting that they're looking into something different for next year. I mean, obviously they have to do something because it doesn't appear the scales are accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say, I mean, it's, it's, it's humorous that they find the drivers were right. You know, the drivers are like the scales suck, right? I mean, they're, they're right. But Krause, in all your years of racing, I mean, that's pretty stand up, right? I mean, when they, a couple weeks later, they, they came back and they said, now nah, there's an issue. We're going to keep the pay for everybody not taking any money back and literally just pay another driver three grand. Kind of unheard of, right? Have you have you seen any of that? No, nothing like that. Um, at least, like you said, at least they got it right. They were up front. They were honest. Um, we, you know how many scales we've been across in our time, Ryan. Back when we were racing way back in the day, it had the old teeter-totter scale. Actually, Montevideo finally got new scales. You'd pull up there and you'd watch the teeter-totter go up or down or whichever way. So uh, it's good to you got to get things right, and I'm glad they got it right. Absolutely. Um, any other closing thoughts there, guys? Uh, you, nope. Krause, you racing Viking this week? Anything else? Bert, you're going to Shano, I'm guessing? I'm not sure if I'm going to Shano because I have the grandkids this weekend. So probably go to Shano, but I'm not positive. We'll see what the grandkids want to do. <laughs> well, we're uh, Vikings off this weekend. We got our demo, and um, I got to work that Friday. And then, um, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I've got a little bit of an inch, itch to go racing, especially with the problems I had. Maybe I should go. I think the car is fairly decent right now, so – who knows? I'll just maybe I'll wake up Saturday and decide what I want to do. I'm gonna go. I'm taking the weekend off. I'll watch a lot online, but I got some friends coming up. We're gonna go check out uh, Wrigley Field here this weekend, so that's gonna be something different. That'll be kind of fun. But um, guys, always a fun time. Check out the Dirt Podcast wherever you can find podcasts. Bert, I know you had something here. One more thing. Well, I was just gonna say when you're at Wrigley, root against the Cubs. I, I got to be honest with you, being that I'm a, a Minnesota guy, right? I, so I kind of, I did my research here, right? I'm a Minnesota guy, which by default means I hate all Wisconsin sports teams. <laughs> just the rule. I don't make the rules. I just, just the rule. My buddy is also coming up. He's from Joplin, Missouri. He's a Royals fan. So at first I'm like, well, I'm going to get Cubs apparel just because, just to piss him off. Well, then I got to thinking, I'm like, well, they're, they're battling with the Brewers, right, for their division. I think Brewers are three, four games up. I gotta be honest, uh, you know, gonna bring back a little Harry Carey, even though he's no longer with us. I gotta <laughs> go Cubs, go Cubs, let's go. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, you guys have a good night. Like I said, check out the Dirt Podcast, our brother's little brother station over there. And uh, thanks for coming on, Cross. If you do race this weekend, good luck. And everybody, uh, support all of our sponsors. Thanks to them. Thanks for tuning in to the One to Go Show.